0: As always, it's so good to be with you, especially this evening. I truly enjoy our time that we get to spend together each week as family. This is your family. This is your parish family. And what a joy it is to to be able to gather together like this. This evening's readings, the first reading, it focuses upon the extreme joy and happiness that comes from living out God's word in our lives. God's word, oh, it, it's so beautiful. It is so wonderful. It is so magnificent because God's word is his love letter to us. It's his love letter to us. Isn't that why we just heard Jean sing so beautifully just a few minutes ago? The law of the Lord is perfect refreshing the soul. The decree of the Lord is trustworthy, giving wisdom to the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The command of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eye. The ordinances of the Lord are true. All of them are just. They are more precious than gold. ...than a heap of purest gold, sweeter also than syrup or honey from the calm. Isn't that beautiful? Wow, that's, that's inspiring. That's God's word. And so what I want us to do this evening is take the time that we have remaining... ...to explore how that we can more fully apply the Ten Commandments... ...that God says we are told pinned with his own hand in order that we can love others more fully, we can love others more completely. The first thing, if you want to do that, is to lovingly embrace the Ten Commandments. Uh, Those commandments were written several thousand years ago, and the thing that I like about them is they have withstood the test of time. Culture's not been able to revise them or adapt them into something else. But they're rock solid because they come from God. And and it's rock solid teaching on how we are to love one another. Love one another. What does it say? Have no other gods before me. Don't take the name of the Lord in vain. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Honor your father and your mother. Do not kill. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not lie. Do not covet. See, these commandments, they have withstood the test of time, and rightly so, because they are pure. They are unequivocal, timeless truth. And as we think of love, as we we see here in these words, so many are directed towards how we are to love and act towards our fellow being, our fellow human being, our fellow neighbor. Listen to uh, how the church summarizes them in the catechism. Really nice. Uphold human life, the dignity of persons, and safeguard peace. Be chaste and maintain the dignity of marriage practice justice and mercy with one's goods and the fruit of one's labor and give to the poor live in the truth bear witness to the truth and respect the truth practice temperance and modesty in all intentions and actions my dear brothers and sisters these are the foundations. These are the rock solid foundations for loving other people. And what these commandments do, as I shared already, pinned by the very hand of God, they bolster the moral fabric of our order in society. And they offer us, as a result of that, great, tremendous meaning and satisfaction. Now here's one of the challenges that's facing us today in preventing us from more fully embracing these wonderful truths and it's called moral relativism. Have you heard of that? Moral relativism. Well, just sort of tear it apart a little bit and you'll pick it up. See, moral relativism is the belief that truth is relative to how we interpret it based upon the context of the situation. In other words, there are no absolute truths. Truth is relative to the situation and the circumstances. For example, moral relativism would say it's okay to have sexual relations with another person outside of marriage because you have feelings for them. But God would say this, no way. No way, it's not the best for you, it's not the best for anybody as a matter of fact. It's not the loving thing to do. So let me be perfectly clear this evening. Any situation that is in direct opposition to God's truth cannot be called the most loving thing to do. There's one thing I've learned about God is that he is love. If there's another thing that I've learned about God is that I can trust him. And I know that if he asks me to do something, it is the best possible good that I could receive. I know that. I believe that with all my heart. Now, I agree. God sets the bar high, doesn't he? He sets it high. But remember this. He does so only because he loves us. He loves us. We have to live in a world of absolutes. We cannot follow a culture which we see more and more happening today, which expresses this naive confidence in love's infallibility, that just love is enough. You know, there's all kinds of bumper stickers out there now that say that. And when I see them, I look at them and say, can you sort of clarify what it is that you're trying to say about love. Love is not situational. The definition of love is not situational. The definition of love is pinned by the very hand of God. See, love cannot manage on its own. This is where we get, this is where we mix feelings up today. This is where we get this notion of feelings mixed up with reality of life. Love cannot manage on its own without being measured up against God's holy standard, meaning God's Ten Commandments. So let us remember that we have to embrace with great joy, not not in great sorrow, but great joy, the Ten Commandments. The second thing is to rely upon God's grace and, and our own personal responsibility in order to love as God says we are to love Uh, this this is something the saints will tell you loving others as God tells us to love others it just doesn't happen overnight it doesn't does it but here's how it works we gain insight see we gain insight into our lives into who we are as people that's the journey of the spiritual walk in life and as we do that we begin to grow and mature. I like what Jesus said in the gospel reading. He said he didn't need anybody to testify him about human nature. Didn't he say that? He said he already knew how that works. He already understood that. He didn't need to know. And uh, the same thing with us. We, we know how human nature works and how that we're prone to do that which is not the best for us and in the best interest of others. But... We are called to continue in that vein of doing the best that we can. Now, here's something that I find interesting. I find this totally and amazingly fantastic. Jesus never once said, never, that it is impossible for us to love others more fully. Never said that. Never did. Never. See, you have been equipped in every way necessary in order to be love to others. God has equipped you with that. See, what does God do? Well, God pours out his Holy Spirit upon you and he offers you innumerable graces to assist all of us in the pursuit of this purity of love this heavenly love, this love as is expressed in the kingdom of heaven. And he gives us all the virtues that we need to do this. God never asks us to do anything that he doesn't supply the resources to do it. I I always like that about God. You know, God is really cool about that. Um, We can love others as Jesus commanded us to love because he said we are fully capable of doing it. What did he say? A new commandment I give you. Love one another. What? As I have loved you, so you love one another. Jesus telling you you can't love like him. No. He's given us everything that we need to do. He says that if you love and do good, you will be called the children of the most high God. Wow, that's beautiful. The final thing is, if we want to grow in love, is that we should follow our loving Savior's example. When did Jesus say that we are to do away with the Ten Commandments? Well, He didn't, did he? He never said that. He did say he came to fulfill them. But he never said, I came to do away with them. Uh, he always reinforced the idea that we ought to fulfill them in our lives. And a very important way to help us doing that so that we can understand it is by him setting the example. See, we have Jesus, that part of the Trinity, which is God in the flesh, showing us, revealing to us by example how we are to love one another. Let me give you a couple of thoughts to think about here. Did Jesus take God's name in vain? Do you remember any scripture where Jesus did that? Well, no. Did Jesus lift up God's name? Absolutely. He did that, didn't he? He's setting an example, isn't he? Here's another one. Did Jesus disrespect his mother? Can you think of an example in the scripture where he did that? Well, no. Did he honor her? Taking care of her right down to his last breath. He sure did, didn't he? He sure did. Did Jesus kill anybody? Well, no. He didn't kill anybody. But he sure affirmed life, didn't he? You see that example of love that he's setting? Did Jesus support adultery? There's no scripture that I know of where he did. Did he support marriage? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Setting the example, did Jesus steal? Did Jesus lie? Or did Jesus covet what other people had? Did he? Scripture a verse? No, he didn't. But he did give freely to all, and he spoke the truth in love, didn't he? There's that example. I I, uh, sort of got wound up as I was writing this homily. So I have to say this, it's really regrettable because this is God's way of love. It it truly is regrettable that the Ten Commandments can you even remember, I know most of you can in this room, how that the Ten Commandments were removed from our public schools in the 80s and how they've been removed from courthouses and public places like that and statues and monuments and things. Just maybe... Just maybe our society would be in a better place today if we took Paul's words to heart about the wisdom of God. He said this The foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. So God's ways are not our ways, are they? But they're up. Here, think what this world would be like today if we practiced more fully the ten commandments if everybody did that think it'd be a different place well absolutely it'd be a different it, you couldn't even recognize it so I'd like to leave you with two thoughts for reflection this evening First of all, what one concrete step can you take today to better understanding the ten loving commandments that we have that God has given us? The second thing is this. This is the critical question right here. This is the rubber hits the road. Are there any easily identifiable areas in your life where you're not living out God's ten loving commandments today? Does does it sort of pop out to you? Well, if it does, let me say this, make a 180 right now, correct that set, correct that, and you will be blessed beyond measure. God bless all of you and embrace and love God's word.